0: if you lower your prices and you lose a deal based on price, you're not doing something right. You're not building trust. You're not explaining value. There was only one time I lost a deal because of price. I went into a company I never heard of, pitched them a $10,000 website. They laughed at me. I was like, man, am I too much? I found out they were expecting a $300,000 website. And the company's name was Brookshire Hathaway.
1: If you'd like to join the best digital marketing agency community on the planet and let us help you scale, go to twiz.io to sign up today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of How to Scale an Agency. I'm on with the Jason Swank of Agency Mastery 360. If you've been on YouTube recently and you're trying to grow your agency, you've probably seen some of his YouTube videos. He also has a podcast. He's also part of Republics, which is a $30 million agency. He's part of the team there. He's been able to grow his own business and been very profitable while doing it. A lot of people go to him for advice. Thank you so much, Jason, for being on the show.
0: Yeah, man. Thanks for having me.
1: We've had a couple of chances to do podcast episodes before, and we've covered a lot of ground. And I know your stances on a lot of different things in regards to scaling an agency. But I think one thing that's been on my mind recently is around agency client retention, especially in the recession. And we hinted at this on our roundtable, but I want to dig a little bit deeper in this call. So how do you keep a client for a year or longer? And is it even... Something you should assume is possible on average. If you're a lead gen- agency, should you always plan to have a client stay for a year, two years? Maybe you could shed some light on that because I know it's a hot topic right now.
0: I mean, we do all this work to land clients, like to attract them and then convert them. And then we let things go off. Should they be with you for a year or two years or more? Absolutely. I look at it this way who would the clients be? Because I think a lot of people make a mistake at trying to do everything for everyone. But if you looked at it going, who are the clients I can get results for? That without a doubt, that you would put your reputation, your money where your mouth is and say, I will only get paid after I do performance. I'm not saying you should do that, but these are the clients you should go after. Then if the answer is like this client, and you still lose them, now you know it's not because of your results that you're delivering to them. It's communication or maybe the onboarding or whatever it is. I had a, at our agency mastery, we always bring in like speakers and we brought in Joey Coleman of how to never lose a client again. Yes. I think, and he talks about the first 100 days. And losing a client really starts at day one. When yeah. they buy from you, they are literally having buyer remorse right away. So what are you doing in order to combat that? So for example, if i engage with an agency for facebook ads, they go off and this is what typically happens, they go off for a month, write some ad copy, do some images, i never hear from them. I'm like what the hell did i pay for? Yeah. But if this if this agency set me in the first maybe let's say the second day, Hey, Jason, right. I installed something on your website to track everyone going to it. So now we can remarket to them. I'd be like, right. Fantastic. Right. What are the little <laughs> milestones? we we'll over communicate. And that makes a huge difference.
1: I think it's also too just being able to anticipate their needs and service them before they even realize that they have those needs is a big one. That roller coaster ride of their emotions is so critical. I'm actually reading of under to understand. I'm actually reading that book right now, Never Lose Customer Again for the third time. I absolutely love it. Super cool you're able to get him to join you guys. But the thing I can even say for experience, we have this one client right now they joined recently, super elated, literally message everyone. Oh my God, you guys provide so much value week one. And they're still very happy, but it's funny because they go from super excited to saying, hey, I just want to make sure that I'm getting like my money's worth. And so we have to always just do so much to, to build the relationship. And I think one thing I'd be curious to hear from your perspective as well is how much of it is delivering value in the form of deliverables, like just doing more stuff to make them happy versus developing a relationship and just get building that those verbal touch points and talking to them on the phone. How much of that is important?
0: I think it combines both of them together, right? You you need to figure out first, what do they expect and how do they yeah. actually expect it? When do they expect it? How, what type of communication do they actually want? Do they want phone call, text, meetings, video, recorded, whatever what's best for them? Everyone's different. Like if you send me a huge report or a write-up, I'm going to throw up and I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to fire you. I don't want to know that. <laughs> i rather have a conversation of you walking me through something going, does this make sense? Yep. Cool. So it's about building that relationship as well as those deliverables. But I also like, I, this is a great story. I hired an agency to do outreach, right? Which I've never found an agency that does it really well. So <laughs> shocking, <laughs> but they had the wrong metrics. I told them, I said, the most important thing is to get, Real meetings. That's all I yeah. care about. Any of your other KPIs and metrics, I really don't care. Every week, we'd get on a phone call and they'd be like, "Hey, our open rates are great. Our open rates are above average. I really don't mm. care about your open rates. That's your problem. All I care about <laughs> is I ordered a steak. You give me a steak. Stop giving me a hot dog. Yes, and trying to sell me the a hot dog for a price of a steak. Figure that out. That uh, those expectations and lay it all out in the very beginning and you're still going to lose clients and customers. That's going to happen. And you got to physically disconnect yourself. It drives me nuts when I lose a member because then what happens? You self-doubt. Am I losing my touch? They don't like me. What did we do? But that's not it. You keep getting better. And what you can do is you can keep upgrading your clients and they should get better and better.
1: I love that. And I think one thing that's also been on a lot of people's minds right now is let's say you do all of the things you need to do to build a sales process and you're following with clients, you're building relationships. And let's say you want to get clients from outbound, not just inbound, but you're reaching out to people, which is predominantly how a lot of people get clients. I know most are probably from referrals, but when they're trying to grow, they try to reach out to companies. So let's say you're doing that. And let's say you're having a lot of price competition. How do you, think, do you think it's ever okay to drop your price just to build momentum on a sales strategy and then eventually raise it up again? So let's say you're taking a lot of meetings, they're just still not closing, but they're the right people, you're giving them a ton of value, and then you say, look, maybe we're just pricing it too high in this category. Maybe we have to drop it a little bit more just to get them to buy, and then we can build it back up. What's your thoughts on that? Because pricing for agencies is a big problem. People don't know how to price effectively.
0: I think it's a mistake to lower your prices unless you are building and I'll tell you that story and then I'll go into kind of the solution, right? So there is a time to have a very low price. If you have created a factory, like a machine that can pump out stuff, then you should have a low price because... The more you put in it, the more it outputs and it's the same amount of work. So David was in our mastery for many, many years and he did social media reputation management. And so at the beginning of almost every like meeting we would have, I would always tease him on his pricing and I would go and I remember one time, because I'm always a big component. I need the shirt, raise your prices, right? Uh, And on the backs, do it now quick. Yeah. But... I would I had him one time at this meeting I said, "Hey, tell everybody what you do, who you do it for, and then we're going to go around the room and everybody's going to try to guess the price." People are like 2,000, yeah. 4,000, 5,000, whatever it is. He's 150 like, bucks, 200 bucks. Everyone was blown away. Right? Yeah. And a couple maybe about a year and a half later, he got bought for over eight figures and now he travels the world. Yeah. His whole thing, once he explained a little bit to me, he was like, look, Jason, I know I could raise my prices. Yeah. And I could do well. But it's also going to make people question the price. Like, I'm already so low that they don't even know and we can just turn and burn, right? Like, and we can get people up and running. I was like, I get it. All right. So if you're creating a factory, lower your prices. That's the only instance. Every other one, if you lower your prices and you lose a deal based on price, you're not doing something right. You're not yeah. ex- building trust. You're not explaining value. There was only one time I lost a deal because of price. I went into a company I never heard of, pitched them a $10,000 website. They laughed at me. I was like, man, am I too much? I yeah. found out they were expecting a $300,000 website and the company's name was Brookshire Hathaway. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. That, so, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah.
0: So the real question is, it's not, should I lower my prices? It should be, what's the value that I actually provide to my clients? And then figure out how they can make a multiple on that ROI. Right. And then from there, the real question is, after that, is how do I build, I build a trust? Mm-hmm. And that comes to changing your offering. Right. And so every agency is pitching marriage right off the bat. It's hundred thousand dollars a month, or what, or ten thousand dollars a month, whatever it is, for a year. That's a big commitment. That you're, and you're pushing on them versus pulling. Now, if you want yep. to pull on them, you can say, "Hey, everybody else is going to probably give you a wide range of prices. What we do is we rather meet with you for about an hour or two hours." Let's do a high-level plan. Now, you're going to pay us for this plan. Now, I'm not going to charge you our normal rates. I'm going to charge you something really low and stupid because I just want to make sure you're serious. And at the end of this call, you're going to have a plan that you're going to love. That's usually the most common. And the most common is you want our help. But maybe you want to go do it yourself, which is fine. Or number three, you don't like the plan I give your money back. So there's nothing for you to lose. So now you do this foot-in-the-door offer. Yeah. You build it with them. You build the plan with them, they're going to trust you because you're going to make it look like they built it. And then that positions to a project, which then that project, once they start seeing ROI, then you position to the year retainer.
1: Yeah. And that's super smart. That's one thing that was I've been doing, but it's been reinforced, especially since our round table we did. From what you said, Chris said, and what Corey said, it's we. what we do is we provide two weeks free training outbound people. And we typically take like anywhere from two to four 30 minute meetings before they even buy from us, because we're, we just know that if they need us, they're going to say, we're going to create enough pain during that process where they have to move forward. So, oh my God, this is so amazing. Or they feel like they have to reciprocate, but you guys kind of instilled that to me even more where it's like, don't just try to go for the sale right away try to build it, try to create the pain, try to create the reason, and try to really get it to the point where they say, okay, maybe originally I wasn't as interested, but now I really understand, and now I actually really want this service. And I think, but what do you do? So I think you pretty much answered it on pricing as when you talked about, are you a factory or not? But what do you do in a situation? Because this is what happens to a lot of people in the community. If you're giving the value and all that stuff, but you still can't close anybody, Like it's been like months and you're giving so much value. And then people are, the prospects are consistently saying, this is out of my price point. I actually cannot afford this service. Do you keep dropping it until you're the most expensive in your category? Or do you always try to go even outside of your category and be this like crazy expensive price? What do you do in that situation? If you've gone months and you're still not closing, because that's what a lot of people end up in.
0: In And those people, I would say you're overcomplicating your foot in the door. Right. You're now getting paid for something you used to give away for free and you're trying to give them too much and you're overwhelming them, which you're confusing them, which ultimately leads for them to feel stupid. And no one wants to hang out with people that make them feel stupid. So that's that issue, right? Like you got to break it down from there. If it's not as hard as everybody thinks, just get them to pay you an hour of your time for strategy. And then think about what's the logical next step that they can pay you for. So, for example, there was an agency that would charge $5,000 a month for SEO. He would have to sell month to month because that was easy for him to sell. He'd lose a client about six months. So, he's making 30 grand. I told him to do this strategy, this offering ladder. We charged $2,500 for the strategy call. I asked him, how long does it take for people to get results? He said, about two months. I said, cool, we're gonna charge a three month project, 15,000, so it's this same price, but for three. In month two, he'll start positioning the retainer at 9,000 a month for a year. So now he's making well over 250,000 per client for the first 15 months yeah. rather than 30,000. So it's just about changing that offer And it's also about qualifying them. Here's important too. They may be chatting with the wrong prospect. You need Mm -hmm. to be qualifying them, not for the foot the door offer, but later on figuring that budget out. And then also too, if here's the thing about price. If I was having a heart attack and you could save my life, am I going to care what you charge me?
1: Yeah.
0: Absolutely not. (laughs) Especially if you're wearing the doctor's thing and you have the credentials and all that, right? So the price is never an issue on that part, but you gotta be talking to the right people, prove value, build trust, and you'll right. crush it.
1: That's super interesting. And I think the I, the experiment I try to do with people is I say, look, like it's similar to yours actually in a lot of ways where it's like, what category are you in? If people generally charge 500 bucks to $2,000 a month in your category, you always wanna be the most expensive in your category because you're gonna be perceived as luxury. You never wanna drop below, but... If that's the range that people are willing to pay, you also don't want to be like $30,000 a month unless you can really prove that you're worth it. But it's very difficult because of like price competition. So I think the thing is like at a certain point, you may have to find out what that category is and at least just figure out what the top end is. So you can always stay at the top end. And if you could do that, then because because obviously, like you said, if you could solve a really painful problem for like 150 bucks and people are willing to buy it and that pricing flies off the shelves, then it probably is a pricing problem because if your $5,000 per month offer is not selling at all, but people are willing to pay you for $200 a month re- easily, like instantly, then there is probably some kind of a pricing issue. Or you just aren't that good at closing and you got to go become better at closing and stuff like that. But if you're really good at closing and you, it might just be that you, are, you haven't figured out what that range is and you haven't figured out what your clients really want yet.
0: Yeah, yeah It's all about just what's the value you Bring and what's the end goal where you want your agency to go? So that's it. They just need to match those two and know that you're not going to help out everybody. You're only going to help out a select few. Yeah. That's it. I was interviewing Seth Godin and I was asking him, I was like, is there an agency that you really respect? And he started telling me about this agency. He's like, look, we have 50 people. We know we can manage 50 clients at a time. And so we're really selective and we, only go after 50. And our clients know that if we get rid of one, we only bring one more in.
1: I love that. That's actually really similar to my strategy too. I'm curious, I'm going to ask you one last question because I know you got to jump. You talked about this a lot, actually, especially on the first masterclass I've ever saw you do, which was, I think, with Alex Glenn, with Partner Hub, I was on that. And I remember you were talking about like valuations and profit margins and stuff like that. So let's assume that you're probably one of the most popular kinds of agencies, which is a SEO company, right? Let's assume that you have $100,000 a month in recurring revenue. How much EBITDA profit per month should you be making with that agency? If it was like a perfect model, not a VC-funded company or something like that, but like a perfect What, what also depends model.
0: on how close you are in wanting to sell. If yeah. you're within a two to three-year window, then you should be over the 30% mark. So you, because look, we're going to come in and we're going to evaluate you based on your EBITDA is one of the major ones. And that's usually where you get the multiple. So if you're a million in EBITDA uh, to about 3 million, you probably get anywhere from four to six X of the EBITDA. If you're over the 3 million, you get more. If you're under the million, you're, I'm sorry to say it, you're one to two, maybe three. If you get an an uneducated buyer. 100%.
1: I appreciate you being on the show, man. I know that you got to hop off, but thank you so much for being on. Where can people go to take you up on this offer and anything that you're working on? I'm actually going to include a link in the show notes to Jason's work, but if they don't see that, where can they go?
0: Yeah, perfect. You can go to agencymastery.com. And if you go to slash attract, we just launched a free ma- free masterclass. If I don't get over my tongue twisting, free masterclass going over how you can attract your perfect clients, convert them, position your agency in a new way, how a lot of agencies have scaled over the eight figures. It's a free masterclass. We give away all of our tools. So go there and and register and it's free and you'll get access to the four videos right then.
1: 100%. And to be clear, it's agencymastery 360comcom
0: Dot com slash attract. Yes. Whatever my okay.
1: dyslexic self said. <laughs> yeah, 100%. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Jason, for being on the show. Really appreciate it. And if anyone has any questions, Jason, reach out, go to agencymastery360.com. Hope this video has helped you guys and appreciate you so much, Jason, for being on. Thank you.
0: Thank you.